Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what you're doing to me. If you listened last season, then you know I quit my job and moved abroad. Currently, we live in Spain, and we bounce around Europe whenever we get the chance. Some of the episodes this season, I'll walk you through a few trips we've taken using something I like to call sexy guides. This Google list of stays, eats, experiences, and your must-see unforgettable moments is what I'll share to hopefully inspire you to send me recommendations for these places and others before you get up. Get out and start seeing the world. So grab a seat, open your Google Maps, and let's get started. Let's get into it. Sexy guy to Chamonix. Shout out to my friend Sarah from Mappy Hour for suggesting Chamonix, uh, partially because we knew we had some cheap flights and some great skiing ahead of us. So big ups to Sarah at Mappy Hour, everything that y'all are doing over there. Um, just, you know, always something to look forward to. Uh, follow them on Instagram and join if you're in a city that hosts a chapter. Uh, you won't be sorry. It's a great community and there are a lot of cool people there. And they do cool stuff outside. So that's what it is. Where is Chamonix though and what is it, right? Chamonix is spelled C-H-A-M-O-N-I-X. It's a French word. Um, so there you have it. It's in France. It's in the French Alps. It's a pretty dope spot. Um, basically, it's set up about an hour from the Swiss border. With that in mind, you have to fly into Geneva. So uh, our shuttle, we got set up in advance. It was a pretty solid way to get into the area um, really seamless again mountain shuttles or mountain drop-offs was recommended to us and we use that both going and coming that is the way to go it was better to do it more sight unseen and just be like okay we're going to trust our host rather than get to the airport and try to scramble for one of the spaces left on one of the buses etc etc so reserve in advance mountain drop-offs it'll be linked in the show notes Aside from getting in, Chamonix is a skier's paradise. There is a lot going on there. I did not realize that there was so much paragliding and ice climbing in this area. I think the ice climbing kind of came to mind in part, but not the paragliding. So tons of people parachuting, parachuting and skiing. It was just a lot. Um, tons of backcountry skiing as well. A lot of people um, taking the midi up to ski down um, in more austere conditions, right? Just really impressive uh, to see the breadth of experience, right? From parts of the park or parts of the resort that are just all greens, all the way to spots where you have people taking the midi that we're using to just kind of take some pictures and view the peaks in the valley from above to ski down, right? People are wild in their own way probably the easiest way to put it there yeah so chamonix is a great spot um, for all levels of skiers probably of space if you are someone from europe who's skiing or in europe and you're a great skier or you want to get into skiing a great place um, for anyone who wants an unforgettable time outside in the winter and actually in the summer too we don't know what that's like there but from what we saw and what we heard they host a couple ultras there. Um, it's a great time. It's an outdoor paradise. 
So with that, um, we got to see some things that were pretty rad and pretty wild. First off, Chamonix was the site of the first Winter Winter Olympics. Um, again, Chamonix was the first site to host a Winter Olympic Games. Uh, this is like 1924, so this is forever ago. But that kind of shows you how long Chamonix has kind of been like a mecca for outdoor winter sports, but then also just in general for getting outside. Makes sense? It's in the French Alps? Worth it. Even if you're just one of those people who is going to Instagram peruse and just kind of scroll through, I, I say follow hashtag Chamonix because you won't be sorry. You'll see Mont Blanc, um, which many people know uh, based on their pins, which is kind of an undertone. But uh, yeah, it's it's a great spot. So another question to consider before we jump fully into the sexy guides is, um, yeah, what, what makes it so sexy? So breaking down the guide as it stands, this is a virtual guide. This Google list is posted and it'll be linked in the show notes, but it includes about four or five elements. It includes our stay, our eats, our experiences, and your unforgettable moments, right? So that's what a sexy guide is. It's an acronym, obviously. Um, the, the only reason we went with that is just so we can really communicate quickly what we wanted people to know and also hopefully get some sexy guides from you, the listener, right? Understand where are your stays, right? What are some of the eats on your most recent vacation as well as experiences and what were your unforgettable moments? So this would be the first in a long series of, of, of virtual guides that we could produce as well as episodes of the podcast. And this one, again, is focused on Chamonix. So what made Chamonix so sexy? First off, the stay. Our stay was awesome. We did an Airbnb, um, which is something that we've done off and on here in Europe. Uh, there are so many options in Chamonix, obviously, with it being um, a valley resort, but the Airbnb was the best call for us. We had a spot that was centric. Um, it allowed us to easily um, hop on the bus. It was right across the street from the Chamonix uh, Sud bus station and terminal. So there's a local bus. And then this was also the bus station that could take you to other places. So had we not had a mountain drop off, we would have still been good because this is the bus terminal, right? Right across the street from our spot at these apartments. Aside from that, though, there's a couple other options. Um, there's Aguilons, which is this refuge hotel thing that's right next to it as well. All the same features as our place. Very centric, very located, super close to the travel. Um, we were also close to a couple of attractions, uh, just about a block or two from the Aguila de Midi, right, which is a major attraction to go up and see Mont Blanc in the valley, as well as only a couple blocks from the train and some other things that would take you up and through other parts of the valley. So we could easily access the downtown area on foot, five, 10 minutes max, and we could get to most attractions. Really, really good spot for us. Um, there's also the Alpina or Alpina right off the River Arve. I think that that would have been our second version of a good stay there. I say that because their views seem to be awesome. I did some droning while I was there and the views from the Alpina must be good because the views of the Alpina were good. Really cool looking hotel, kind of trendy, really eclectic. It's kind of in the name, but it was a beautiful thing to look at. So I'm sure if I was staying there, the views on at least 
those outfacing rooms would be incredible. Just breathtaking. Our Airbnb stay, though, was ideal. It had everything we needed. It had ski storage. It had a fob system, so we weren't always fumbling with keys just to get in and out. And on top of that, it was beautiful, right? Our host didn't spare any expense, nor did they miss any details. Our Airbnb had a lot of aesthetic as well as functionality. It wasn't huge, but the one bedroom was definitely the way to go. Many of the Airbnbs we looked at were kind of studios or smaller. And I think the one bedroom gave us space to eat inside the Airbnb as well as a space to kind of relax on the couch while the other person, if they wanted to, could go to sleep. Our kitchen also was a separate room, which again then gave us more space just to kind of store things. There was a, a, a ton of like wood finishing throughout. So it kind of had this cabin feel, even though it was based in a much larger apartment building. Um, and when you walk inside, you can tell that they really took their time in deciding what went where. Um, fully stocked everything. Um, so take the time when you're reserving to go to Chamonix to really look at your Airbnb. I'm a super host or better kind of person. Airbnb super host is, is definitely a badge that people should strive for and that people should look for when they're going because many, many, many times that super host means that they have taken time to identify the details that are going to make the state easier for you not just that they have a great space, not just that they get great reviews. They get, get great reviews because they take care of you before you get there. They're really considering what it would be like for someone to be in their space. And they think about the ways that they can facilitate that and make that as easy on you as possible. So big, big shout out to Airbnb in general, but also our host. Uh, we'll share this with you. We've communicated with her even since uh, because she was just so warm and inviting and very, very helpful. So big ups to you. Thank you so much again. You know who you are. Eats. The second thing that makes Chamonix super sexy is the eats, right? So eats are a necessary part of every trip, right? You aren't going to be on vacation or even just out and about in a city for a day without getting something to eat or something to sip on. So we started our time off needing to get some work done. And because the internet situation in this small mountain town was kind of strained, um, especially in our apartment building, we got there kind of setting a scene. We got to Chamonix the 23rd, right? So 23rd of December, tons of people kind of descending on this area. It's it's Christmas time. The holidays are heating up and people maybe are coming back to this place that they're from there. People who are visiting are for sure filling up all of the areas that are available as far as hotels and restaurants and whatnot. So it was a little 
chaotic in that sense is that we weren't the only people visiting, right? This is, this is a destination. So it was important for us to recognize that aspect. And with that in mind, the internet, um, was kind of like, like almost like at a concert, right? It was like not easy to use your devices from time to time. So we had to look out, um, for Audrey, uh, as she was going to be doing some remote work. We, we do have a nomad in the family right now, right? She's working remotely. So we got a recommendation. The recommendation from our Airbnb host was to check out uh, Moody Coffee Roasters. She said that their coffee is ideal and it's good enough that she even uses it in her personal coffee shop. So she runs a coffee shop. She recommended it because she sources from them. So we were excited to give it a try. It was great to grab uh, and go, but also to kind of sip and sit inside. Audrey was there. Um, for a while working, we parted ways and I went to take pictures and kind of see the space around town. I like to do that when I get to an area, I like to kind of map it out in my mind so that the next time I'm out, I kind of have my bearings down after that wander walking. Um, but the food was awesome. They give like small samples of some of their vegan brownies and I had a chai, she had a solid coffee it was delicious, right? So I would say go to Moody Coffee Roasters if you're just getting there. Maybe you can't check in when you get in to Chamonix. You need somewhere to sit with your bag before you can check into your hotel room or your Airbnb. Great spot. Again, centrally located right near the river, um, between the river and the train line there. Go ahead and check that out. Again, all linked in the show notes. We had a handful of things that we ate while we were in Chamonix, we did do some shopping over at the local grocery store to make sure we could keep our costs down, make it an economical trip as well as a memorable one. Aside from that, though, we really wanted to make sure we kept with tradition. So Audrey's family has this awesome tradition. Um, a lot of people in Europe seem to have a similar one because we replicated it and recognized that we weren't the only people getting so much seafood for this celebration. So the celebration is basically on Christmas Eve. Uh, her Italian family and her Italian roots celebrate by having seven types of fish um, or seven types of seafood. So back home, the Marchetti Christmas tradition is alive and strong. And we wanted to make sure we were able to participate. Even though we were away, we wanted to try to give this some space in our schedule. So on Christmas Eve, I... Got us a reservation at a spot called Josephine's. So this restaurant is one of the best in Chamonix uh, for seafood for sure. It was a lot of work. Um, we did order a platter that gave us that number of, you know, seven types of seafood. It was all on ice with a ton, a ton, a ton of variety. So we had two or three types of shrimp. We had some prawns. We had like a half of a crab. We ordered a platter that came with some sea snails, which is something I've heard those words together, but I've never actually tried them. So the hardest thing is that everything we ordered required us to work to eat it. The coolest thing is that we left with some new flavors that we now enjoy, right? Sea snails were kind of delicious. Um, snails seem like kind of a gross food I'll be honest and say like that's what comes to mind for me it's a, a bug but you know when in Rome right so we we're in France I figured if I was going to ever eat a snail um, then I should do it you know French prepared um, so they 
made what they made and they brought it out to us, showed us how to really process the food and get it out of each shell because everything we ordered did come in some kind of shell. We had like definitely some um, oysters as well, which those were super good. Definitely a memorable time. We were able to really soak up Josephine's and eat. Uh, if you want kind of a small plate situation, this is a good spot to go. If you want to go big, you can as well. Uh, we got kind of like a mid-range platter. Definitely on like, you know, the $3 sign, two, 2 or $3 euro sign, Yelp review level, right? It is going gonna, is gonna to come for your pocket a little bit, but it's going to be memorable and it's going to be delicious. So worth it, worth it, 100% worth it. Another French cuisine that we tried, a very classic French experience, was raclette. So I'm going to try to say this place. Okay, my French is non-existent, um, but we're going to go for it anyway. Uh, the place we went was called La Pontenerie. This place had a lot of French cuisine, right? Classic French spot. We went super French for this meal at La Pontenerie, and we did a raclette. Raclette is a wheel of cheese that they put on a heater at your table. They bring you some pickled vegetables, some baked potatoes, and some dried meats, kind of like charcuterie board deal. And you wait for the cheese to heat up. And then you use this kind of like racket paddle thing to scoop the warmest cheese onto your plate and dip the other aspects into that warm roasted cheese. So La Potenerie is a spot that comes with the raclettes, like at least one person in the restaurant at all times pretty much is doing that. It seems like that's their bread and butter um, or their bread and cheese, if you know what raclette is, right? But we got to do this and we were super excited when we saw it on the menu because it's something we had seen online, something we'd heard about. If you know anything about Audrey, if you've listened to past episodes, she is a charcuterie connoisseur. So this was a charcuterie dream, right? She gets to have the cheese. If you've ever done fondue, it's not the same because it's, I believe, a different type of cheese as well as a very different process. Fondue is honestly a lot easier, but raclette was awesome. So we did that. A lot of people attempt to try to finish this whole wheel of cheese. Um, if it's a lot of people, they usually give you a half a wheel of cheese. If it's just two people, they'll give you a quarter wheel of cheese. So we got the quarter wheel of cheese of this big old quarter wheel of cheese that was at least three inches thick and about six inches tall. We took the point from being six inches tall to maybe two inches tall. So we ate about four inches of cheese. It was wild. So when you finish, you might enter and be like, oh, I got this. This is going to be delicious. Oh, just cheese and potatoes and uh, some meats and a little bit of bread, right? But they get you with the bread, man. It's like anywhere. So the bread filling, potatoes filling, cheese rich and filling. So really good experience. Loved, loved, loved Roclette. I would say if you go to France or you go to Chamonix for sure try to do that at least once because it's definitely worth the time worth the trouble again I don't know if you're noticing a theme here but there's a little work you'll have to do for your food while you're in France uh, but it was delicious they also had a local 
red that I had that was very delicious as well. And when I say local red, I don't mean red wine. I actually mean the Rousse du Mont Blanc. So this is a red ale feel that's like the perfect addition to the Roquette, with it being like potatoes and bread. I mean, I might have been filled up with those, but then I also added a beer or two on top of it. And that uh, Rousse um, or Rousse de Mont Blanc is delicious. Um, so that red ale was a great addition to our time at La Pontenerier. Um, or La Potenille. Last food I'll highlight, again, another very French experience, just to kind of round the bend here on our eats, is Poco Loco. So Poco Loco is clearly Spanish, um, but this place actually had a lot of crepes. So this was our last meal. that We did a brunch right before we left. So we were like, let's do the crepes dance. When we went inside, their menu is much more expansive than anything I'm used to seeing for crepes. And I remember one of my friends, Shelby Thompson, let me know that crepes can be sweet or savory. I'm used to the sweet variety. That's usually my go-to. But it was really good to get savory this time as well. If you're not a vegetarian, I recommend the Monty because... It comes with enough things to fill you up and a little bit of meat on top of that. So go for it. Really, really delicious. The Nutella one that Audrey got, I think she got like an almond and then like a Nutella one as well. Kind of a different taste than some of the crepes that I've had in the States, but delicious. So go for those three. I'd say the three eats that make, again, Chamonix super sexy are Josephine's. La Potenerie and Poco Loco. Those three spots, um, you won't be sorry. It's kind of a ton of variety, fine dining, all the way up to something you can grab and go and kind of walk around with. Go for it. As far as experiences, Shamani is the space to be. It has a wealth of experiences. I, I don't know how to capture this. We barely scratched the surface on the number of experiences you can have in this area because we really focused on a few things. Number one, skiing. That was why we chose this location. Number two, we wanted to also make sure we got into some Christmas festivities. And then number three, there are a few attractions that are just like must do things while you're there. So we tried to make sure to do our best to kind of cater to each one of those three. One of the last things we did really was we did the Aguila de Midi. This experience on the Aguila de Midi was incredible. We really had to work hard to make this one happen. Um, this thing had a couple obstacles. Number one, the night before we wanted to go up, there was a huge snow. So the solid snow meant we were an hour late getting started. Not us, but they opened an hour later. So when we got there, we got there about 30 minutes before they opened. We waited, they got in and we hopped in line. We're first and the lady comes to the window and she says, hello, good morning. We won't be going up at eight. We'll be going up at nine. Um, 
which was an issue uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, they didn't have a strong system for the line. So other people started to show up on this platform and they kind of just told everyone the same thing, but then there was no organization around who had gotten there, where to stand, you know, where to begin to queue and kind of like line up. So you kind of had to just like stand near the entrance so that when they did open up, you could claim your spot. It was kind of like Black Friday, it felt like, right? We're all just kind of like standing at the entrance, kind of zombified, waiting for them, just eyes on every door on the other side. Every person that comes up, you're like, all right, get ready to step into line because we weren't just impatient, right? We weren't just upset, which slightly, like, let's be real, right? We were a little like, you know, peeved or whatever you want to call it because, you know, we had gotten here early and on time to try to make this happen. And the reason we were, you know, really insistent that we needed to be early in line is the real pressure cooker is the situation we had with our bus ticket. We had bus tickets to ski in Italy this day. So we are in France. We had bus tickets to ski an hour away. Um, so we actually had to send one person, Audrey, shout out to you, to go change our bus ticket while we were waiting for the MIDI to be adjusted, the snow to be shoveled, all that stuff. Because we had timed it out to where we could go up, come down, hop on the bus, and then be in Italy skiing all day. But with the late start, we had to shift everything. So luckily, we made some friends. Uh, one of the friends we made uh, was someone at the Chamonix Sud station. Can't say it enough. Shout out to Liz. Thank you. You know who you are. Um, big ups to you for making that dream come true. Um, shifting that bus allowed us then to go up later with the lag time. So we had to move our tickets, though, um, which was nerve wracking because we didn't know how that would look. And we also had to do this experience up the Aguilera de Midi, like two or three MIDI rides, plus walking around and enjoying it, and then two or three MIDI rides down in about an hour, hour or less, right? So we were up there for just about an hour, and then we had to like stand in some lines to make sure we were on the next MIDI down. So there is a lot of stress baked into this experience, which is why I think it was, again, very impressive but not my favorite because of just how it all shook out for us, right? It didn't shake out the way that maybe Meredith Glass did, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. Either way, totally worth it though. Super insane views, definite notable change in air quality. Uh, it was dope to go up the midi and just see the valley floor disappear almost, but even more so to look out, we were up still early enough where the sun was still kind of getting in place. Uh, it wasn't totally just kind of like sun splashed all over everything. It kind of had a bit of a sunrise feel to it still at that elevation. Mont Blanc was a little covered, but as we arrived, the clouds rolled in, right? So we got to see a bit of Mont Blanc. We got to see tons of the area up where the Midi arrives. And we just kind of experienced this solid time of the peaks of Chamonix Valley. So that vantage point, breathtaking. Those Alps loved them, uh, and the Aguilé de Midi would do it again in a heartbeat. If you get a Bluebird Day and you have a Mont Blanc Pass, or if, even if you don't, take it up right away. I'll say that again. If you get there and it's a Bluebird Day, whether you're tired, whatever, whatever, get some water, hop in line for the Midi, because the Bluebird Days would probably let you see for miles and miles, and also you'd then get a better view of Mont Blanc. 
that's my pro tip on that sexy experience for sure. Um, that experience was super dope. Aside from that, we had three days of skiing in the Alps, baby. It was awesome. We got to experience three different places, not just three different chairs, but three different like locations. So the first day we did Les Huches um, or Les Huch. Again, French is hard, uh, but we enjoyed that spot so, so much. Uh, it started off raining a bit. We got a late start, but we got there and it was raining a bit and we got started. And as we got to the top of the peak at Leouche, it was snowing. So it was super cool to ski in the snow. It was a little mushy from the top to the bottom, but that didn't matter in the end because on this day, we were able to just kind of soak it in. Um, we got to ski on Christmas in the snow in these Alps. Even though it was a bit wet, that kind of you know made the hands feel a little tingly from time to time. But overall, this Christmas skiing in the Alps at Leouche was dope. 100% worth the visit there. That place did feel a lot more mid to beginner. One key note is that I think the system for rating the pistas or the, the trails, right? The runs is a bit different from the States or parts of the States because it didn't start off and just go green, blue, black, double black, or anything in that variety. They added in a color, so their difficult was red. So we were kind of like, do we stay off of these reds? Red is alarming. Is this something that we should hop on? And eventually, I think we realized that the greens were just like not even beginner. Some of those were training roads. So they were either access routes, which is what greens are in the States on a ski hill. But a lot of the greens in this area were spaces where they literally were doing classes. So... Greens are just like bunny hills. And then after that, you have like easy routes, which would be kind of their blues, right? Just kind of a way down, um, but not necessarily something that's going to require you to even make a lot of turns. So if you're uh, an advanced skier, you clearly know, but you can stay reds or above in Chamonix. But that's not all we did. We also did Le Brevent. Um, and Le Brevent was really dope. That was right near where we were staying. So we didn't have to take a bus or, or anything to that location. Leouche is, is, or Leouche is a little bit like the next town over. So you do have to take the bus kind of out of that centralized area of Chamonix. The Plains Press lift is like super close to the valley. So where we were staying at Chamonix Sud was maybe a five, 10 minute ride. And then you come out and you're at Le Vivant, um after you hop on that bus just to kind of move you through the town. Um, if we would have stayed closer to Le Vivant, we could have just kind of walked up to it and that would have been solid as well. But Le Vivant, uh Flegre is a spot that had just what seemed to be endless space to ski. Uh, we just kept taking the chairs further and further and further away from where we started. And then we just, when we were satisfied, turned around and started taking the chairs back. Um, so again, a lot of beautiful areas, a cool way to see and ski the same valley that you experience the rest of the time that you're there, but definitely recommend 
doing Le Bervant. I almost wish we would have done that day one just because it was right there and we had a late start. So if you have a late start on your days in Chamonix and you have the Chamonix or Mont Blanc Unlimited Pass, I would say scoot on over to Le Bervant, do those different lifts there. You could even go up to Le Bervant, like the, the peak. That midi will give you another view of the valley floor and the surrounding peaks. So beautiful day skiing out there. This was, in fact, our bluebird day. So we got to also stop midway through. We had some food on the side of this mountain. There's a restaurant up there, um, this like eagle restaurant that we went to. Um, Aguiles Dos, I think is what it's called, or De. And it was solid. Um, the mulled wine was flowing and... Spirits were high, so great, great time there as well. Last ski spot we did was Comayor. So Comayor is in Italy. Comayor is about an hour away. Um, you do have to cross the border. You will be good. We didn't have to show like our passports or anything, so don't like panic and be like, oh, am I going to bring my passport and ski? Oh, my God. Like, no, like it's all kind of set up there. Um, as long as you have what you need when you talk to your bus driver, they might need to see your stuff before you leave. But then you should be able to either put it away or some version of that. Um, we did encounter some things with navigating this during the times of COVID. But we won't go into all of that because I think that that takes away from how awesome Comayor is. So Comayor is a town on the other side of Mont Blanc with another view of Mont Blanc, better said. And it just gives you another opportunity to see how beautiful these mountains are. Mount Blanc, again, is an attraction for anybody in the region, but all of these other mountain areas give you a way to experience these outdoor killer landscapes, just beautiful, expansive areas that are untamed in a lot of ways, up close and personal. So similar to Le Brevant, Comayeur is... Very expansive, meaning you won't have to repeat runs if you don't want to. There were some runs on the front side and near the major lift that were closed due to there not being snow further down the mountain or them doing some kind of trail maintenance or construction. And that was totally fine because it didn't really take away from our skis hitting fresh powder or new areas. It was snowing most of the time when we were in Comayer, which I would say I loved. Um, it was incredible just to explore and just to feel like we were almost on these kind of like ski hikes almost. It was just like, let's go on a long run in this area. Let's get to a new lift, a new area, a new um, restaurant on the backside of these mountains. Um, and then let's take it up and, and end up somewhere brand new. The trail map was just massive and I, I really enjoyed the ability to see and ski in the snow. Um, so seeing the snow come down on top of these mountains was awesome. It did mean that we didn't have a view always of where we were skiing into, meaning in the distance all, all of the mountains were not always visible or, or ready to be readily enjoyable, but it did provide us with a, a, a cool day out, right? So for our last day skiing, skiing in another country, as well as just exploring, incredible, just incredible. The last part of our experiences that I would highlight for sure 
that made this trip and Chamonix just super sexy was this idea of Christmas festivities. There were like three or four big things that happened while we were there. And the ones I want to just quickly highlight are the parade, light balance, and the church projected light show. So the parade happened real fast. Um, they did a an awesome but very short Christmas parade. So there were all these people in the street right in front of where they normally would do this projected RDC light show on the Iglesia Michel uh, right next to the Office of Tourism. So basically the parade comes through. It's all of these different dance groups. And these dance groups are dressed in a variety of garb that kind of has them looking like groups of animals, either from the woods, from the Arctic, from the sea, um, all these different things. Kind of a cool vibe for the town to kind of all kind of be in the street, coming together, just to experience this. This all led through the town, and it ended at a spot where they had a big kind of a dance concert with this group called Light Balance. So Light Balance is crazy. They use this group to kind of introduce Santa for all the kiddos. Um, so since so many families were there, I think the town of Chamonix, as well as the Office of Tourism, wanted to organize something so that people could have a special still like Christmas or holiday experience. So they brought in this group to in intro Santa. This group has been on America's Got Talent. Light Balance, shout out to you. Great job. This group has been on America's Got Talent. They rocked the show. It was super impressive to just see how they were able to execute on their concept in person. I've never actually seen their work, but watching them live made me obviously follow, but also makes me want to understand how they got to that point. Um, it was a beautiful concept. Basically, they're wearing clothes that have all these LED and different types of lights on, and the music is synced up to where they move around on stage, completely blacked out stage, so they can turn off their lights, move around, and show up somewhere else. So between their seven to ten members, they end up putting on a beautiful show that's all synced up to the music, that's all synced up to their dance moves, and allows you to kind of feel like you're observing a Christmas light show but the light show is also live people, right? And it's always surprising to see where the person pops up next. It also seems like there's twice as many people because they change the colors of their lights so that then it looks like they change clothes or like it's a new person. It's just super dope. So a, a cool thing, if you've seen Light Balance and you know what I'm talking about, if not, it'll be in the show notes. It's on Instagram. Check it out. Last thing was they had a kind of light show that was nightly on Iglesia Michel. And it was super awesome, right? To be something that happens every day. It was very impressive to walk up on that, to get some beautiful drone shots of that. I can't wait to time-lapse that for YouTube and kind of put that out into the world. If you're from Chicago, uh, then you maybe know about Art on the Mart. If you've been in Chicago throughout the year, they do a big projected show on Merchandise Mart. And this is pretty much the same. The only difference is that it's on the, the front facades of this church, right? The tower, the side of the building, right? Uh, I think it's like the rectory and then also the front facade of the church. So it's set up in three locations on this building instead of just a big box on like Art on the Mart. But you're also super close. You're like 20 yards away. So you really get to enjoy every detail. 
So I would say again, that's something free that I think that they're going to keep going. And it was worth the hour, right? If you miss the first bit, just stay. They repeat the show at least once that night. So go for it. Last part about sexy guides is your unforgettable moments, right? If you go somewhere, you know that there are moments where you will always remember. Moments where you're sitting in a place or you're with a certain group of people or you're doing something that you've always wanted to do and it just sticks to you, right? So what moments stick with you when you go places, right? So we've come through most of these things, right? The Eats obviously are great, right? The experiences obviously are great. The stays, you need that. But what are your unforgettable moments? If I was asked this question, I'd have to say my unforgettable moments for this place would be Super G for sure. Super G was a mountain club that was in the mountains of Courmayeur and the DJ was crushing it. So we went in, this DJ's mixing these like Afro beats and these EDM remixes of like old songs we get there just really to use the bathroom and then we decide let's operate right it's our last day of skiing we want to operate ski if you don't know what operate means it's like after skiing which is literally what it translates to but after skiing what do you do you have some libations right so we set up our spot get a quick little reservation of a table grab some mold wine and some other drinks and eats and we just hang out it was snowing there were tons of people Unfortunately, we couldn't hit the dance floor with kind of some of the restrictions at the time, but we were able to kind of vibe in our space. Again, only good vibes and only strong drinks at this spot. Inside, it seems like it's a restaurant as well as some part of a hotel. So check out Super G if you're going to Cormier. Cormier seems to have a lot added as an attraction. It seemed like for us... This skiing in Italy and this time at Super G revealed one major thing also, that this Comayer is its own real resort. So we were in Chamonix. They had this kind of like relationship because of their connection to Mont Blanc and because people probably want to ski both, which we did. But if you're coming to the region and you know you can do this again, I think our next trip will be probably not just to Chamonix, Mont Blanc, or Mont Blanc, that natural resort, it'll probably be over to Comayer, just so that we can experience this more deeply. Um, tons to ski here, and again, Super G was a crowning glory with their DJ just crushing it for the Opry ski. Unforgettable moment. The last thing that we would say is Mary de Glass. I've been looking forward to and excited about this part more than any other part, right? Mirde Glass is a glacier. Uh, it's located up a train ride um, 
and I'll link all that in the show notes so that you can kind of see where we were um, picture wise, see how we got there and, and some of the videos that we took as well. But this space was a glacier. I've never been in or on a glacier at this point, right? I was pretty impressed. So years ago, I saw an outside magazine, pictures of people in kind of these ice hotels and in some of these glaciers around the world. And now it was me who was up close and in those photos, right? Instead of turning the pages of this magazine, I am living that now, right? And that was something for me that just will always stick with me. Sitting in, you know, these ice chairs, walking through this glacier, taking some drone photos and shots uh, on the drone video style of this area is just unforgettable, right? I wanted to do my best to capture it and I captured some, but the experience, right? It's unforgettable. It'll always be with me and it'll be something forever that just lets me know that Chamonix is dope. So with our Mount Blanc Pass, we were able to again make this trip happen, I think, in a more affordable way, as well as in a way that gave us just no pause, right? The Mont Blanc Unlimited Pass is definitely the way to go if you're going to go to Chamonix because it gives you a way to access so much at one time. It also allows you not to kind of compare prices and do all the things that kind of can take away, at least for us, some of the joy of being on vacation. So I'd say it again, this sexy guide is all about Chamonix and that time in the French Alps for us was made better because of our Mont Blanc Unlimited Pass. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully this is helpful for you. Again, sexy guides are a virtual travel guide. The beauty of this is that it's a digital travel guide. You can download the link and the map and that'll give you an opportunity to see where we were, to understand where it's located and to benefit from our experience. So have a great day. Hopefully you get a chance to explore the digital travel guide and maybe even see it one day in person. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what you're doing to me. Uh, it's been one year, four months, and a couple of weeks. Uh, and yet it's still nothing compared to the nights on the beach. Follow us on Instagram to see a travel feed of photos and videos from this episode and others. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this episode or another will help you choose your next travel destination.